Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum PI, is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnet. Yeah, just a magnet. Come on, Cam Ashi. We said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here steps out this 90-inch 8-point. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90-inch 8-point. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been, had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right. Boom! <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special meat. Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. All right, guys. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Still coming in your ear holes. We're like three and a half years deep. Like three and a half inches, <laughs> three and a half inches in the ear hole coming at you. Uh, this episode is going to be in me and homie. Um, we had a guy message in and just ask us if we'd killed any whitetails. Basically, we run a whitetail podcast and just basically wanting like, I don't know, some info of if we have any street cred out there or <laughs> And I, I, we're always the guys that are like, yeah, we've killed a few. We don't know exactly what we're doing out there, but we work our ass off and we get it done. That's why we have a podcast to learn, talk to dudes, um, and go from there. But you got anything else to say about that, homie? No, I mean, 
we do we do work our ass off and get it done and um we have had some luck out there we've chased some big deer uh and we get we get lucky here and there yeah so we want to have this we want to have this podcast and kind of break down the, the bucks of the last five years of what we killed um kind of the time the the temperature how we were set up etc um just to see if there's anything that lays out public private what we got going on there gun bow um whatever it was um just kind of get that out and then make a nice collage of the bucks that we killed and like i said just let the listeners know that we have killed a few deer um we're definitely not specialists in the field of whitetail killing but we uh we're trying we're trying to learn so we're getting the people to make this possible. We're getting the show. Um, you got that suicide hotline prevention? Yes, I do. It is 1-800-273-8255. Um, that 8255 just kind of rolls off there. So um, very easy to share, very easy to um, get that number out there and potentially help somebody that you don't know is suffering from a uh, condition. Yeah. Also this um, week. Just one thing. Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was say also this week I have a uh, veteran shout out. I seen this from our longtime, very much appreciated listener Matt Talkington. Um, he posted on Facebook about this gentleman. Uh, this was, I believe, First Lieutenant Clovis Ray. Um, Clovis was killed in action actually today, uh, March fifteenth, back in two thousand and twelve. They were um, in Matt's picture. It said um, in the Kunar province of afghanistan during operation and during freedom so um matt just wanted everybody to keep the ray family in your thoughts and prayers and um we we salute you there clovis yeah we appreciate it man nothing more we can really say there it's just probably the ray sacrifice. clovis it's probably ray clovis yeah <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate sacrifice for you know going over there and not only serving but giving giving it all giving everything that you got well, one thing also I want to do on this episode that we don't really do is um, been hella grass fires lately. So just a shout out to anybody that's a volunteer firefighter or helps out in the community. Um, that's all appreciated too. My wife, volunteer firefighter, and she's been going to a lot of medical calls. People are getting out, moving around outside. Uh, older people, maybe they've been inside all year and they're getting hurt. And then people are just burning, burning the the grass, you know, time of year to burn the grass and it's getting away from them. So if you have any grass to burn, call the fire department before you do it, just so they're prepared and they know the area. And then also we, when we did it, we called that number. So if anybody did call us in, they knew that someone was burning there. So the fire department didn't come out randomly and just be like, Hey, what's going on? You know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, let's get into Exodus. Um, I want to touch on Exodus this week. We normally give you a trail cam tip of the week, but I'll, we want to touch on their YouTube this week. They're, it's off season for Whitetail, and they're still putting out awesome content. They just did an episode with Mark Kenyon a couple weeks ago that I really liked, um, kind of like his journey to where he is now. Um, they do have their tech page where it goes through like a lot of stuff. If you're new to trail cams or even if you're kind of experienced, go through that tech page on their YouTube. There's a ton of content on there. We even learned stuff mm -hmm. and we're pretty familiar with trail cans. We've been running a long time and we learned stuff off there. And then of course they got their whitetail cribs going still and their trail cam radio podcast, putting out a ton of content. Those guys, 
um, I talked, I talked to them uh, last week and they're driving all over the place, still recording whitetail cribs. So shout out to them for just putting in ass loads of work to, uh, to create content. So, um, do you have last breath? Yeah. Get in the last breath. Uh, do not forget that they also have the last breath hunt cast that is released on Monday morning. So you can get your week started off on the right foot there. Um, they're also rolling out their Shed King uh, series on YouTube on Thursday nights. And if you want to watch our video podcast, it's also going to be hosted on their YouTube, rolling out also on Monday morning. And not looking too far ahead here, but they got some turkey footage getting ready to drop. So um, be ready for that. Is your Oklahoma bird on there? Yeah, yeah, was it that? Is. Yeah, yeah. That I'm was excited last year. to watch. I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, so no, that was last year. I'm excited year. to watch that. It's yeah. already on there. Oh, you haven't watched that? Oh, it's already on there. Yeah. I haven't watched it. Oh, you've been sleeping. Well, maybe I did. Maybe I did. I don't know. I don't think I have. I don't think I have. <laughs> I thought it was... See, my years are all messed up. I thought it was this year's content. That was last year's content. No, that was two years ago we went. Oh, God. I'm I'm last lost year, out here. Last year, we were going to go to Nebraska. With COVID. I'm like homie in the woods out here. Just... <laughs> Which way is north? I don't know. Where's the lake? I want to walk into it. (laughs) Where's the tallest grass that you can find on the property? I'm going to find it. Oh, the lake. I got you on the lake. Yeah, bro. I'm uh, on the north side. Yeah, yeah. Last week for Underwarmer, guys, um, this is a company that wanted to to get their name out. So if you guys haven't checked them out, um, check them out at underwarmer.com. Cool product, something new that we didn't know existed. Um, and uh, hopefully you guys checked them out. And if it's something that you use, you you bought it and liked it and enjoyed it. Um, we like finding these kind of different, you know, different gear that's not really in the hunting industry. And then also, you know, like Hunt Wars last week, just different stuff that's going on in the off season. Um, so that's why we're doing this episode right now. We're kind of just putting it all out there, what we killed in the last five years and what we got going on. Uh, it's funny. There's all, there's such a competition with whitetails and maybe it is like that with the elk and mule deer and we're just not in that zone. Mm -hmm. So we don't know, but it's, there's just like this, uh, like almost a gotcha. If you talk about whitetails and you haven't killed very many, which I think is, is wrong. Cause a guy that's killed one or two, his experience, you might be able to learn something off that, or it, it might be, I love it when, their experience was something like mine. Cause you see a, like two or three big deer do something. You're like, okay, this wasn't a fluke. That's what my brain's like, like that North Ridge on the public. We've seen three bucks over there. We're like, okay, we know that bucks like to be there. That one buck wasn't a fluke. Second buck, he was on a doe. Maybe there was something weird going on. Third bucks there. We're like, okay, this is for real. <laughs> yeah. So even a guy that's killed a couple bucks, he's like, oh, it was, you know, late October cold front is, you know, it's, it's cool to think about kills that you've had or stuff that you've seen. So I don't really get into that. You're a good whitetail hunter. If you killed a lot of deer, you know, I think consistent killing is, is a lot of luck. Just got to be in the right place a lot of times, some years and it happens, but there's definitely is some skill behind it, but I don't put, myself on a bracket to say i'm a skilled whitetail hunter just not there i mess up way too much i know you feel the same way yeah yeah so i I do too but um 
I don't know if you misspoke there, but I think consistent killing is it should be more valued over you killed one one ninety. You know, yeah, you, like like that's you're in what this, I meant to say. I said, yeah, okay. yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, okay, yeah. So if you I kill, you know, killing one fifty, one sixty, and you're in the get ball game every year, that is when, like, I mean, you're you're getting up there. You're really starting to figure it out. Yeah, that's that's what I meant to say. You know, like me, a kid, one guy killing a really big buck, and then three, four years he's out there struggling. I mean, he's still learning like everybody else. But if a guy can go out there, maybe he's losing property, getting different property, hunting public, doing this, doing that, and he's still successful. Yeah, the guy's either putting in a bunch of work or he's got a little bit figured out. Is what I think. So we want to come with you straight on us. This is what we killed in the last five years. This is what we got going on. This is what we learned from them. We'll kind of go over the dates, the times, what was going on. Um, and hopefully you guys can, you know, get some content out of this, make some connections on hunts that you've had, or just, you know, just get a little more backstory of, of us, you know what I mean? And what, what we've done. So I don't know. I, I think we've talked about kind of our hunting heritage in the past, but before the last five years, I've killed a lot of bucks, a lot of one tens, one twenties around there, Southern Missouri. Um, I killed a 125 right when I came to Illinois on public. And then when I killed that one five years ago, that's when stuff really started clicking for me. So I know you had hunted for a long time, killed some small bucks, killed a doe, then you killed your big shotgun buck. And that's when you were like, okay, it's time to really get the gears in motion, start clicking right. um, and stuff starts working for you. So um, I'll start off with, I'm going to start off with a big 10. Um, he's in the quarter over here. He's 155. Um, I killed him October 15th in the evening. And this was the first year on this property. And I had just picked the lease up uh, like a month before that. So I had very little trail cam data on there. I think I had like three or four trail cams at that point. Um, not really in the game deep on the trail cams but i knew that the property was good i'd found some sheds on it in the past and some giant bucks um about the 30th of october i'd really see how good this property was it was just insane you know what i mean but i didn't know going into this but october 15th evening we got a small cold front coming in i'm driving home from work at this time i got you know one kid on the way so it's easy to be like hey i got it i'm going to the woods so the neighbor is picking corn across the road so i was thinking man that's the closest cornfield to me something gets bumped it's going to work right down this fence line come right to me i get in the stand four o'clock and this buck's coming through the grass at 4 30 i sat there for 30 minutes and i don't think he was a buck from the area i grunted at him real aggressive postured come in postured up rake the tree we're you know we're october 15th we're not really in the ball game for them to be real aggressive so i think he was just new to the area trying to maybe got bumped from that combine was like hey i don't know what bucks are over here um but just cruise right out of there i must have he was either got bumped or i must have been right on top of his bed for him to be out 4 30 in the afternoon on the 15th so um 15 yard shot, um, crashed about 70 yards. What's funny was like, I always do homie. I'm like, I don't know if he's down. I seen him go down. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure he's down. You know? Yeah. 
And uh, craziest shit I ever seen is is you yeah. be like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's that real? <laughs> I get to I get to really second guessing it, but uh, he's over. You know, I see him go down, and then I get down, and I call my buddy. And I'm like, I just killed a 165, 170 class deer. You know, I'm Jack. I think he's he's got giant brows. Come through the grass, all postured up. I'm like, oh my God, it's a magnum. But anyways, blood trail. 70 yard blood trail took me two hours to find him absolutely horrific and tall grass i'm walking like can't find blood i'm 300 yards in the wrong direction i come <laughs> back i'm like i'm just gonna instead of just walking where he's at i'm just gonna follow the blood trail I follow the blood trail walk right to him so one cool story about that um, before we move on was the buck actually ran onto the neighbors when i shot him so maybe like 25 yards so it was super cool i i uh found that deer and there was a headstone out there like a rock and i moved the leaves away and it said beauty is all around you and the guy that owned that property his uh his brother used to hunt that and his brother had died and he put a rock up with his name on it that said beauty is all around you. And that buck was like five yards from it. Damn. So I kind of just took that moment in like, this is pretty awesome. Um, that rock's probably still out there. It was out there when I tracked the big one that I lost. So, um, just cool. Um, the little tidbit to the story there to really make it soak in. And that was the deer. Um, like I said, he ended up being 155. That was the deer. And you know, the second deer I killed in Illinois when I moved here and, that was the one that really was like, okay, I'm absolutely jacked about whitetail. I got good ground now. I'm not out on the public pounding. You know, six years ago, it wasn't cool. You know, everybody's like, there ain't no big deer out there, blah, blah, blah. There probably was, but people just weren't exposing it like it is now. Like I said, I killed one the year before out there, but it just wasn't the same as this piece, man. I'm I'm in the corner on the Tina lease. You know, I'm 200 yards from the truck you know what i mean oh, like yeah. this is perfect Pre preset preset yeah preset beautiful nice shooting lane so it was definitely a different ball game but uh, one other thing before we go to homie was another reason we want to do this is because if you guys aren't following bill winky on his instagram he's posting daily bucks i think he's on like 21 now or something <laughs> it's crazy so it's i just, love it I it's absolutely just, this is kind it. of another uh inspired moment on this podcast was, you know, he's starting to post his social on his Facebook and Instagram. So dude is a legend in the outdoor industry or just in hunting in general. Um, so if you guys want to follow him and I've been posting daily just because he kind of inspired me to, to post some stuff and maybe just, I want, I really wanted to show like the gradual, it's okay to like have a gradual path into it and, you start killing and you get more and more and more into it. You don't have to go in your first year hunt and be like, okay, I'm killing a 150 or nothing. So, all right, homie, what you got over there? Um, I kind of uh, missed the boat on the last five-year deal, but um, this buck here that I'm going to talk about, um, I want to talk about my first bow kill buck. And before I get into that story, I want to touch on me hunting before that real quick. Because before I killed this deer, like I had passed bigger bucks, better, more mature bucks, because I'm out there chasing 
like I'm out there wanting a 180 to fall into my lap and it be like my first deer. Like then, then I would shoot that, you know, but looking back now, like why, why, you know, I don't know why I did that. Of course, everybody wants to shoot a big deer and, um, but you have to, you have to follow that learning curve like everybody does. And, um, I didn't know that. And, um, when I, I have a picture of when I recovered this buck and in the picture, I'm not smiling. Like I was jacked up enough to shoot it. And looking back at this picture, um, it, it, it really pisses me off that I'm not smiling. Like you did something, you finally shot a buck and you shot this buck instead of the super massy eight pointer that was at 27 yards instead of 32 yards that you shot this deer at. And you just had better opportunities at better deer that you let go by for, for nothing. And you're missing out on all that experience. You're missing out on all the memories, all, all the stories you could tell. If you, know, if you had six forked horns on the wall, you get to miss out. You're going to miss out on all that stuff. So every chance, not saying that, you know, everybody gets to go into their own space of deer hunting, whichever way that you want to go. This is just kind of my space and my uh, path that I went. And um, I didn't know, obviously, know what I know now back then. And I should have, I don't know if I was scared to mess up. I don't think it was that. I was just wanting to shoot, like, be like, okay, that's that's a hammer. I'm going to shoot it. Yeah, I mean. Instead you, of just shooting, like, a solid buck. The first was your dad's, you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I mean, Amid, the, the listeners don't know that they the first deer you see get killed it's like a 185 187 you know what i mean so definitely yeah, hard yeah, to, 18 pointer off the ground at nine yards um <laughs> i guess it can ruin a guy on your very yeah, you on know, your so very first day deer hunting you're expecting that this property is loaded with these you're not knowing you know what i mean you're out there like man i just want to kill something like that so you get that your first experience hunting so you're passing these solid deer yeah they should be killing which I, I i like that that's a good message there's you see these guys like us talking the 155 or whatever that was my first deer that's probably like my 18th 15th 18th buck you know what i mean i i killed fork and horns six pointers spikes button bucks eight pointers bass rack half racks i killed a half rack in northern missouri during rifle season <laughs> yeah that, it was legal. Four point restriction. Yeah. Boom. You know what I mean? Like I killed a lot of stuff and I I feel like people talk, they get into hunting, they just feel like they have to get on that path of, okay, to be respected or whatever, I gotta kill X class of deer, which really isn't true. I don't know how many times we talked about when the kids get bigger of us going back and mm-hmm. it's gonna be cool to make sure that they go through the process and not get hooked up on you got it this isn't an age class deer you want to kill off this property so we're not going to kill it yeah yeah and actually um the wife got her she's had her crossbow out the last two weekends and i've got it sighted in and she's doing actually really stellar shooting and uh, it's amazing of like how safety conscious i am of like all right where's her finger on the trigger where's where's the safety at you know and she's actually doing fantastic on that. So that's really good not to have to, like, correct any bad habits off the get-go. But um, just like we were talking about there, going back with the kids, like, 
maybe October 2nd, like, I'm, I'm going to be out there begging for a fork in order to walk out because I'm telling you, like, you better launch this thing right here, you know? I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. going to be cool to go out there and um, see her get it, hopefully get it done and uh, be able to experience that. So I'm, I, I'm, dude, I'm real jacked up. I'm kind of jacked up for that for the first week dude, and we a half. Put her, we put her in the scrape tree stand. She'll shoot a small bug. <laughs> Guaranteed. Lights out. Yeah. Guaranteed. I was actually Take going through them cards. Six pointers that we keep passing. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> going through them cards, be dude. A eight. <laughs> it's been passed ninety-eight times from a button buck to a six-pointer. Loves that scrape tree, Loves bro. It. It's gonna be a basket eight next year. It's gonna be solid. 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 Just let him smoke it. All right. Giant so. stand there. Oh yeah. Be perfect. Yeah. A little lean back to it. It's absolutely mint. All right, so getting into um, my first bow buck, it was on November 13th, and it's a transition area right off of the ag source. Um, the stand's located about 50, 50, 55 yards in off this ag field. Um, a really open set of t really open timber there, not a lot of trees. Um, a big oak ridge in the middle, followed by um, creek on both sides. And they just kind of come in off the ag field, go right around the end of that ridge and get down on the creek and walk walk the creek all the way back to the neighbors where they're bedding. And I don't think you've been back to the neighbors there, Cody, but um, before they sold it, I had permission to be back there walking. I could have hunt, but I could go back there and scout and such. And um, that's kind of like what really unlocked this key for me is getting back there and like seeing how thick it was compared to our open timber. And I'm like, okay. All the deer that are coming in here are definitely coming back here to bed and um, crazy hot sign in there. And um, I caught this deer coming in off of the ag field, heading back to that bedding area. It was um, the day before a cold front because two days later I would be out there absolutely frozen. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know. He'd probably height 115, 120 um score wise on him and um the track job on this year was a 32 yard quartering away shot shot him kind of far back got up in there and the just like i was saying earlier about you know passing deer and getting to miss out on all that intel of actually tracking a deer so i'm i've tracked you know a handful of does at this point but actually a buck you know you're like super in the game and um like we were literally pin drops on in a grass hay field and um it was me and my older brother and he had he had shot a couple deer with a bow and uh so he was kind of you know we we're going through it at this point and you know just to be able to learn to like man you know you really gotta take your time and try to make a good shot and uh it's a couple inches can get you in the good stuff or it can get you out of the good stuff and and back in the gut to where you're not gonna have a you know a super good blood trail and i was trying to get back because it, it, the angle of him was so so it was kind of hard and uh, i was just trying to make sure i was going to get back past that rib and get up in there and it ended up getting a little bit to the right of me but um i learned a lot on that blood trail and if <laughs> if, if it had been another buck that i would have passed i wouldn't have learned any of that so um that's just kind of my my first, my first bow buck, the day before cold front on November thirteenth. Nice. 
All right, well, I'll get into my next buck here. This, so like I said, I was into the whitetails now. Like I, I finally killed a solid, nice buck. I'm in the game. I got the property. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to start running a bunch of cams. I put a food plot in and the timber, a little food plot, you know, and, and, uh, I had this buck that year. Well, that was the year I shot and lost a giant the same year I killed the 10. So I shot and lost a giant. I was pretty burnt out. I didn't hunt a lot late season. So going in the next year, I was like, all right, clean slate. Here we go. There's this buck that I called homeboy because I'd see him like every, no matter what stand I was in, I'd see that deer. It was just like, I, oh, buck's coming, buck coming. <laughs> homeboy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like the six pointer at yeah. King, you know? And, uh, found both of his sheds that, that year. And, uh, then the next year come around, I'm like, okay, I don't think he's going to be a, you know, a, a deer I want to kill. And, uh, deer just blows up like 30 inches insanely big. So, you know, for one year growth and I got trail cam pictures of this deer bedded. Like I was all over him early season and I was like, October 1st, I'm going in there. I'm going to kill this deer in the evening, coming out of his bed, textbook. I go in there. I bump that deer. I don't see him for like two or three weeks. He comes back on trail camera. I'm in there the 8th of November. I remember I was messaging you. I was like, I just see my ninth buck, yeah. you know, and you're like, what the hell is I'm at going work. on? Yeah, he's at work. I'm like, it's off the chain out here. <laughs> It's a ball of rut, man. Ball yeah. of rut going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and here comes this big chocolate rack eight-pointer. Not real massy, but real tall. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna shoot this deer. Comes right in 10 yards, just absolute money, you know. And I'm like, all right. And I look out in the eye, he's coming in. I'm like, I'm gonna shoot him right there. He needs to take about three more steps. And I see homeboy coming right behind him. I'm like, all right, I'm shooting homeboy. Probably score a little bit less, but I got the sheds. That was my deer for the year. I'm finally going to put all the pieces together. It's going to be magnificent. You know, textbook, got the trail cam, got the sheds, you know, passed them last year. Here we go. He comes in. I let this buck come by. Homeboy is right. I got to let him get close because the fence is like 20 yards from the property line. Mm-hmm. I got to let him get close to shoot him. He's like three steps through the fence gap and I draw and the 10 pointer or the eight pointer that's below me sees me draw. He freaks out. Homeboy freaks out and he's standing like 25 yards away, quartering away. And I held my bow for, I, I said like two minutes, but it's probably like a minute. I got it like on my leg. <laughs> this deer, I could shoot. I could shoot the eight pointer right now, like ten yards. He's still there, and I'm just holding out. I'm like, all right, if that one spooks, I'll shoot this one. If this one spooks, I'll shoot that one. <laughs> but everybody's cool right now, so I'm just gonna chill. So I'm just chilling, chilling, and this deer kind of basically does a tail twitch. He puts his head down. Homeboy takes one step, cording away, tucked it in there both his legs just gone you know i tucked it all up in his chest and he's just plowing dirt and in my mind i'm like 
oh, God, I shot him kind of far back behind the rib. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Look good. I'm going to give him six, seven hours, you know, just to make sure it's liver or whatever. It's cold. It's November 8th in the morning. I got all day. So I go in there right at evening and uh, track that deer. He made it pretty far, made about 120 yards. And that is the only deer that the coyotes have got before I got there where they literally got everything off that deer. And there's a pig farm there. We know that there's really high coyote population. We got ass loads of trail camp picks, seen them all the time. So didn't surprise me, but I think that deer, he ran until he died. His He was all the way up in the bushes where he just ran and collapsed on top of them. And uh, I saved the front quarter and the rack, and that was all I could get off that deer. So had to get a new cape. But he's an eight, split brows and kickers and stuff. Real cool, real heavy. He ended up being 148 inches. Um, and that was like the first deer where I got the trail cam picked. Everything was magical working out, you know, and uh, that was pretty cool. I was in it deep. I hunted hard after a giant, um, like I always did. And, uh, of course, I did never shot the other giant. We're two-buck state, so my property was really good. So I'd shoot a solid buck, and I'd pass solid bucks until – I had an absolute magnum come through and I was hunting that big eight pointer that the neighbor killed. Mm-hmm. I was 184, God. you know, Stupid. so I had an absolute magnum to chase. I had encountered him. Uh, would have been the him? day. Yeah. My grandpa seen it. It would have been a, a day, a few days after I had shot that one. So like the 12th, November. Yeah, 12th, yeah. 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 I encountered him at 60 yards couldn't get a shot snort wheezed at him scared him another deer that i snort wheezed at and he didn't like it grunted first i feel like if you snort wheeze at him you got to do that right off the rip like don't grunt let him get a rip a, a feel just hit him with the wheeze right off the rip and maybe they're like all right this, this dude means business <laughs> he ain't around right but um, he, i ended up spooking him right to my grandpa Buck was so big, he couldn't even draw his bow. He's hunting <laughs> southern Missouri, so like a 135 is really good down there. And here, here's a 184 eight-pointer. I uh, mean, that, <laughs> in trail cam, that deer is absolutely humongous. Yeah. <laughs> in trail cam, he's dumb. And in the, when I got the picture of the guy killing him, uh, you're just like, oh, my God, like 14-inch brows, just like brows as tall as the G2s. Every time it's long as hell, main giant main beans. And then I seen that the guy who mounted the world record buck mounted yep. that buck. Yeah. So pretty cool. I was scrolling through that page. I'm like, oh look, there's there's a giant eight. I got I got his sheds right back here from uh from the year before. Yeah, when uh when, two, two years record. before when I was trying, yeah, trying when, to kill him, there's the sheds. So yeah, when the world record Pretty got cool. killed, I just kind of was looking at Kibler's taxidermy page, and I was just scrolling through, and I was like, oh, shit, hey, I'd know that deer. <laughs> yeah, so this was two years before I had the opportunity to try to kill him, and, I mean, his brows didn't get any smaller, and everything else got better, so definitely an awesome deer, but, all right, what you got? Uh, so this is the deer that we call the mule deer buck. Um, this is a deer that was kind of more of a homebody on the farm. Um, I was back in that transition zone stand. Um, 
we had, my brother had seen this deer six days before I shot him. And, um, he was with a smaller buck and a doe at that time. Uh, I shot this deer on November 15th and, um, he was with a smaller buck and a doe in the morning that my brother seen him. And I was, this was in a little four acre, um, cut bean field. And it's literally the lowest, most farthest away from the truck spot on the farm that you can get right next to the neighbors is where they'd come out and popped into the opposite corner of the field that my brother was on. And, if you would just take a straight line straight west, I'm about 200 yards from my brother. The only thing is there's a little water, well, there's actually a creek there, um, pretty dense creek there that I couldn't see the bean field. I couldn't see that corner at least. And um, so I didn't see any deer that day that he's seen this buck, and we meet on the path that we walk in on, and he said he's seen this deer, and he said it looked like a mule deer. I said, well, what do you mean it looked like a mule deer? And he said, well, the G2s, like, kick backwards. They don't go just, like, straight up or even slightly forward. It's almost offset backwards. So it's just kind of been the mule deer buck. And he was telling me about, you know, seeing them and stuff. And um, the following weekend, I was hunting, and it was super cold. I mean, I was on vacation all week, and... It was, it was like seven o'clock, been in the stand for 50 minutes. And I was debating on like, if I was even going to be able to hunt any longer, cause I was so cold. And I'm like, how in the hell do I hunt all week? And I'm fine. And here it is opening gun season and it's seven o'clock and I'm about to get out of the stand. And so I literally was like back and forth, back and forth and me and my dad have had a couple, um, we've got burned a couple of times turkey hunting because we'd always move or, um, make a game plan and we'd get burned after like 10 minutes of moving. There'd be a bird right where we were, you know? So my dad always said, whenever you decide, decide on a time and then stay that extra 10 minutes. So that's kind of what I was doing at this point. Like I knew I was going to hunt, but just trying to talk myself through it. And about 725, I heard a buck grunting in this small bean field and he was sprinting as fast as he could run right behind a doe and there was a small five busted up five pointer with them and um, at this time I didn't know but there was another giant eight pointer this deer was probably two years older than the deer I shot but he split off with another doe so there's actually five deer running along this field edge I just heard the buck grunt, looked over and like immediately locked onto him. And, um, there's a little dam there that they can go up to the bigger ag field and, or they can jump into the transition zone and wrap around that into that knob. Like I was talking about earlier. And I said, well, whatever she does, he's going to do. Cause I mean, he's all over her. And, um, it was just kind of your typical rut hunt there. And she, came in the timber and he got about 15 yards in off the field edge and and I dropped him and I don't know if you've experienced this but like sometimes like when my dad shot his 18 pointer this happened like it's just like super smoky and I don't know I don't know if it's just the the humidity or, or what it is but for some reason like your shotgun just has a lot of smoke and it was just like a magic trick poof the deer's gone so I could see the doe up bouncing around the hill and she's working away by me and she's obviously running now. 
but I could not find this buck. And I was like, well, where the hell did he go? And I'm like, there's no way that I just shot the biggest buck of my life and just dropped him. So, um, lo and behold, uh, that's what happened. I shot him right at the base of the neck and the shoulder, and there he dropped. So, um, I yeah, yeah, it was in the middle of the cold front there on that one, November 15th. Uh, right, we, we, we scored it, me and you scored it, 149 and 7 eighths. 149 seven eight, so not quite the 150 mark well it's a 150 <laughs> it's unique too it's badass yeah it's, it's cool. got a lot going it's on. cool he's yeah. got he's got it like a eight inch brow on the one side six inch on the mm-hmm. other and like i said he's got little kickers off the twos but just not 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 enough to be actually considered a point but they're there and uh like i said them g2s kick back and it, it's a pretty cool pretty cool buck Definitely right there on a not not gonna pass that deer. Just no, absolutely. Just a little little tight. Just a little yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah. A little more width, he would he'd be yeah, a real you know be up there. Definitely the tight Thanks. and tall gene out there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna move on to the nine pointer. Didn't name this deer. Um, I found uh, this was my my other like okay bed hunting. That's what's in right. You know, this is a few years ago. That's all the talk. This is the nine-pointer? Yeah. Found a bed in the wintertime. All tore up, rubs, everything going on. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to hang a stand for a west wind coming in here on a cold front, and I'm going to kill a buck right out of this thing. I don't know if we had Snapchat then or not, but I know I had told you, like, I'll Buck's gonna come out of here. Yeah, gonna be on this trail. I'm gonna shoot him like ten yards. Done deal. I think so, you. I think you would. You would either rip right out of work or something. But you would definitely call me while you're going to hunt. But said this, what was yeah, gonna happen? So I was like, there's gonna be a buck bedded in there. It was really windy and raining, and I was gonna be able to get in there. This stands like seventy yards, seventy five yards from this bed. Really thick cover, and then it goes straight into Oaks where it's open. So it's kind of like a hillside that runs off and the hillside's kind of real brushy and it's, it's facing like the Southwest. And then on top, you got an Oak Ridge that goes out to the ag. So I'm set right up on the Oak Ridge. I go in there and uh, I see a couple does and I see a, a small eight pointer coming in and, uh, it's still kind of windy, and I'm at the point where I'm like, man, it's, it ain't going to happen. This was a day, cold front, right at the beginning of it, you know. Just got done raining. I got in there, didn't make a sound. That's the first time that we were filming. I had everything set up filming-wise, you know, ready to go. And then uh, I'm sitting there, and I see this little buck over there. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Just watching him, watching him. And then all of a sudden, I see the trees just – going crazy over there i look around and here's this nine pointer this one right right here just raking a tree at like 35 yards so he got in on me like a ghost wet ground i'm assuming he was bedded right there and just stood up um i seen that buck stand up but i'm pretty sure it was that small one but he was that small one was definitely bedded there and it worked out because some does had worked out of there and came past me like oh this thing's gonna go right out there maybe check those does get some so he hops the old 
cattle fence right there, 10 yard shot, perfect, absolute money. Of course, don't get it on film. Don't get the (laughs) shot on film. Thwack goes down. See him go down. Still like, ah, shit, I don't know. (laughs) Hear him crashing. Like he does a thing where he's on the ground. And then you see him where he like tries to get back up and falls down again. So you're like, okay, I seen him go down. He got up. I seen him go down again. Like he's messed up, you know? So waited a couple hours, went over there and tracked him. Um, found him, you know, 70 yards, just um, 139 inches is what he is. Got really good brows. Um, cool buck. But that was the first like going in, found a bed, found the sign, set up, killed the deer. Um, a lot of luck there. That deer was in that bed. I got in there quiet, didn't bump that out. If I didn't have the weather um, or the wind, I couldn't have done it. But I remember I remember there was this big um, – I can't think of the guy who posted it. But anyways, one of the influencers out there, I wish I could give the guy credit, but I cannot remember. He put out this post and he was like, if you're a whitetail hunter and you got a buck that you want to key in on, this is the cold front of the year. Do it. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay. He's like, the wind's going to die down. Temperatures are going to drop. You're going to be on their feet early. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to go do it. You know, and it was mm-hmm. exactly what the guy said. I seen the that small buck and two does and three more does and then a small buck and then that deer and more than likely there was a giant behind him but i didn't get past him to see what else was out there (laughs) so i shot him and then uh i was after freeze so i uh i remember you telling me about that guy making that post yeah i can't yeah i can't think of who it was but he had made the post I don't about, know if it was like a big, big name, but it was a well-known. Yeah, it was a well-known. It was well-known name. I wish I could give him credit, but he had basically said like, "This is the time to go in and strike on your best opportunity." Because remember, I told you, "Hey, I'm not going back here until November." Like this is, oh, this was October 15th. I didn't say the date. This is October 15th, so mm-hmm. this is like Buck Lowell. You know, not a lot going on. Supposed to stay out of your good shit, and I'm crushing in past yeah. a bunch of solid stuff <laughs> to get back there. You know, what I mean, like where I killed in the past, I'm like going all the way in. So I don't know if the corner stand, if I would have been able to had enough daylight to kill him or not. I maybe, maybe not. It would have been low light if he was it going would, up yeah, there. It would have been low light. You probably would have worked out, hit the grass edge, and worked like all the rest of them did up there when it was in its prime, you know? Right. So, and then, like I said, I killed that one October 15th in the evening, cold front, high wind, rain, went in there tight to a bed and killed him. And then I was after freeze. Um, he was my number one. So I didn't shoot anything else. That is when I passed the 159 pointer that I got on film, solid high 140s, 159 pointer at like 15 yards. I'm like, what am I doing right now? I can just double buck out all the day. I think I got like two minutes of film in shooting range. Just, just there. I'm like, Oh God, you know, I'm like, mom, I'm not doing it. Holding out. He'll be bigger next year. But you know, you never know. I was always thinking, Oh, if I shoot one, I'm growing one. You know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, 
then you lose the property and you go from there. But <laughs> all right, what do you got? You want me to run another one or hit yours or? I I can I'll, I'll go. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so this is uh the buck I shot, Ghost. I shot him on October twenty third on a field edge, and I want to say that this is the it was the latter part of a cold front. Um, I just like, three years ago or four years ago, whenever this was, um, I used to take one week in October vacation, one week in November of vacation. And this was my first time taking a week in October. And I started that obviously on Saturday and this would have been on a Monday that I shot this deer. Weird how you remember shit like that. Um, so the setup was that I, um, there was three active scrapes and I didn't have any cams on this part of the farm. And, um, I was actually going to a different stand, but I seen these scrapes and I was just like, man, I, I, y'all, you just couldn't walk by it. It was just lit up and we had had some weather, some rain, um, the previous day. So I could tell that it had been worked and it was pretty fresh. So I, I just had to set up on it, ended up setting up there. Um, these scrapes are 15 yards away, right on the field edge. Um, one thing that is kind of different about this hunt is that I was kind of pushing the wind. I was being pretty aggressive with that wind because um, it would be blowing damn near right in the timber. Um, I got a, a flat that comes in off the field running east and west, and it drops down to a giant cliff, which is a creek, and the creek runs north and south. Um, deer like the bed, usually on that north-facing side of that flat, which is the side that I would be hunting on. With it still being October 23rd, I still had plenty of foliage up to where I could get up in the stand and hopefully be undetected. It just is a matter of if he's bedded more down at the creek or if he's bedded closer to the field. But I just decided to risk it here and... Um, I don't know if he caught my wind. Um, growing up, my my dad was always kind of in the in the scent game, so um, I'd put out just some some doe urine and, and them scrapes, and um, not not a crazy amount, just a couple drops in each. And um, I don't know if he caught my wind or caught that that doe pee, and but he definitely circled around and come in down the field edge because next thing I know he's in the he's in this first scrape raking the bush that's right on the field edge and um I was waiting for him to come down the line because if he had come to that third one he'd have walked right in the shooting window I mean at eight yards and uh he decided to just bump in the timber and go back to bed so he just come out hit that scrape and boom going back to bed um throughout this hunt the it started off kind of sunny, clouded up. We had rain for about 45 minutes to an hour, and this was in the evening. And um, the rain all went away by about 4.30, so I still had a good solid hour, hour and a half. I think I shot him at like 5.30, and you could hunt till almost 6-ish, I think. And um, he just popped in the woods there 15 yards and and done deal you know it's it's over at that point so 
Um, he's a really solid ass frame on this deer. He's a ten pointer, good fours. It's just he don't have no damn brows. Um, if every deer I shot had that frame, I'd be happy. It just give me some little bit on the brows here. Um, I think we scored him one forty three and some change, one forty four. So yeah, because we were wondering which was bigger, the nine pointer or him. Yeah. Put them together. It looked like the nine pointer had a better frame because he had brows and shit. But that yep. year ended up scoring better because it had that you know extra G four. Yeah. So, and the time length on that deer is cool. It had kind of the wavy. Yeah. He's, but I remember you messaged me and saying that you're going to switch stands because the rain had just come. You think the buck's going to freshen up these scrapes? It yeah. looks like he's been hitting them pretty recently. So I definitely was, went with a gut on that one. I will say that is when. Um, podcast started coming out and started listening to mark Kenyon, and guys were talking about setting up on these scrapes during the late october time frame and having that rain in the mix and um obviously when you when you listen to something and then you go out there and it kind of happens you're kind of going to fall into love with them scenarios or, the, or them factors in a hunt you know so um, even till this day, I'll, I'll throw a random hunt out there in this time frame when it is raining or when there has been rain or something. And, and I'll sit over a, a pretty active scrape and, um, see if lightning can strike twice there, I guess. That is one thing about that property. They are some scraping mofos oh, out dude. there. There's ground scrapes <laughs> everywhere out there. Yes. Nuts. Definitely know where you go on the, you go on where Republic hunt. There's like no buck sign at all. Nothing. They're out there. Yeah, there they're just ripping out there. Don't Insane. care. Yeah. All right. Well, let's stop. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. How long are we getting right now? We're at 52 right now. But if this goes, I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'll do freeze, and then I'll do uh, the Missouri buck and the shotgun buck like all together. So freeze. If you guys want to hear about that deer, we did a whole episode about it. It was a deer that me and homie dedicated. A lot of time too. It was a giant. We've talked about him a thousand times on this podcast. Um, one thing I want to note is homie had a hundred percent chance to kill him. I had a hundred percent, you know what I mean? Like there was no, he was in the stand that I thought he was going to go by. I was trying to get my buddy a doe kill, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just, he was either going to go by me or you. We knew he was coming off the neighbors. We thought the neighbors had missed him. You know, I mean, he was, they were telling us, oh, we missed an absolute legend, <laughs> had all kinds of points and shit at the bar, you know, and we were like, you got to come through. And it was about his time to come through. And we had the trail cam picks up by you mm-hmm. when yep. he'd come through, you know, kind of patterned out. And we were thinking, okay, he's about to make a move. And one of us got to be in there. But I had took like nine days off or something and did all day sets and, out there by myself for I don't know how many times and we weren't seeing any deer. Remember it was it was no. rough. We hadn't really bad. seen any we hadn't really seen any good deer. Yeah. Um, I think you shot freeze on November seventeenth and the I think the last shooter buck that was seen out there would have been on the ninth when you left for rifle season and I stayed yeah. and we moved that stand that you ended up killing him out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we moved the stand um because we knew that the deer kind of using a an area different there had kind of been like a washout that had happened and they're cutting the washout um instead of coming lower on the ridge so we moved the stand in deeper and uh ended up shooting him with a shotgun and like 45 50 yards died epic 
film, all the crap. It was cool. Um, ended up going one night, gross 193, giant deer. Um, like I said, we got a whole podcast about him if you want to go back to that. Uh, Missouri, rifle hunt. That would have been the next year after I killed Freeze. We go down to Missouri. We're going to set up a rifle season. We actually go down there a day early on accident, thinking <laughs> yeah. that rifle season started that day. We're going to go out that evening. And uh, it actually started the next day. So we were like, okay, uh, well, we'll just go down and hang a stand and stuff and hang out, eat food. And we went down there. We set up that stand and we kind of talked about it, trying to figure out where we wanted to set up. And we had made a game plan of where they were going to, potentially come through the oaks and bed back in here and maybe feed out in this grass a little bit. Had a good three-way pinch of them coming off the neighbor's ag and stuff. And uh, we'd almost set back in there deeper. And then we'd walk, walked up there and talked about where we were going to set, but hung a double set, went down there, hunted for like seven minutes the next day <laughs> and uh, shot this buck. It was like a 70-yard shot, dropped him. Um, then you had switched and we had seen a couple of small bucks, a bunch of does. We heard a doe bleat for the first time. And then, uh, your kid ended up getting sick or something, right? We ended up cutting the hunt short. Yeah. We coming home. Yeah. We got that your taken care of and we had to jet home. Yeah. So kids comes first. So we jetted home on that. And then that same year I killed my shotgun buck, the accident buck, which is end up being the accident you know accidentally epic buck um oh. i killed a sh- an eight pointer during shotgun some random ass deer that just showed up like two days before shotgun season the neighbor had a picture of him well it's not even really a neighbor it's like two and a half miles north in november in early november so it was a deer that they were thinking about maybe they could hunt and he ended up breaking a brow and losing an eye <laughs> from their property to our property and I thought it was chaos, like a 140 class buck we got out there. And uh, it ended up being Bud Light um, is what we ended up naming him. And uh, it actually ended up not being Bud Light. <laughs> Long story short, we thought it was a buck named Bud Light. And then we got trail cam pics of Bud Light after he was there. And we were like, man, this is just some random ass buck that looks exactly like Bud Light <laughs> with a broken brow. But Bud Light has both brows. So. Um, he was 112 inches or something like that. Just a, you know, a spindly wide eight pointer with swooping beams. I thought he was a lot bigger, but it was my kid's very first hunt he'd ever been on. He's four years old or he's five. He was five. Yeah. He's five years old out there in the shotgun blind. No, he's four. Yeah. He's four years four, old. Yeah. Four. Two years ago. Yeah. Four years old. I had my wife out there. Coloring. Any beer. Yeah, he was coloring shit. He's looking through the binos and stuff, and just an awesome moment. Um, first kill out of the wagon blind. Um, one of my absolute favorite deer that I have, um, and the smallest deer that I have that I've shot in a long, the longest time. But it, it's just, he still talks about it. He got to see the deer, and then I said, hey, we got to be quiet. You got to see me shoot. I dropped him. There was excitement in the blind. He was all ready to go out there. He helped me load it up the truck. Super cool. Um, just like I said, one of the smallest deer, but it comes down to it with your kids out there. It's, it makes the hunt so much better, but all right, go ahead and run through your couple and then I'll hit the public land and we'll 
cut her down. Um, so Sunshine, uh, this was a deer that we had actually pretty consistent on cam in the summer. And um, this was the most a, consistent deer ever. Yeah. The that's... reason we named him Sunshine is because he was out in the daylight so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, ended up finishing out as a nine pointer through a late ninth point on us. And um, we it was an evening hunt, but it was the start of a cold front because you had took the morning off and you hunted the morning and ended up actually passing him. And he was actually in a bed, this stand we call the bedding set. Cody was hunting it, and um, Sunshine came in just like all the deer normally do there. They've been doing it on cam. And uh, Cody said he kind of felt like he wanted a bed there, but he just knew something wasn't right. So he Well, just... my battery had died in the camera, and I'm he's like uh, 30 you're... yards. <laughs> I'm digging for a battery. He's like trying to bed, and I'm kind of making too much noise. And I don't spook him, but he's like, ah. I don't, this ain't cool. There's something over there. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to roll out. So that's kind of how, that's why I didn't bed there. And, um, so I didn't really think, and I don't know why I didn't think about this, but, um, I, I get off work. It's a Friday. Cody hunted the morning. So, um, he wanted me to hunt the evening and we had it, we, it had to be a wind switch for it to be an east wind for us to be up on the corner of the food plot. And um, we went into Hunnebuck that we call Chaos. And there was a very active scrape right on the edge of, right in the corner of the property, on the edge of the food plot. And Chaos had been there, uh, I want to say three out of five nights. And one of them was like 20 minutes after shooting lights. So we're like, okay, you know, hopefully this is the cold front that, you know, we can catch him slipping before all hell breaks loose with the rut coming. And, um, I seen sunshine come out of the mill exactly where he would have bed down from Cody's morning hunt. And as soon as I seen him, I said shooter and I didn't even like try to gauge him after that. Really. It was just kind of, okay, I'm, I'm going to shoot this deer comes into 12 yards, works this scrape right underneath of us. Um, and then Cody's hand filming, uh, he doesn't really like that. So he bumps out in the middle of this food plot with this absolute tiny ass doe. They're out there at 42 yeah. yards. I got a, one evergreen branch in the way that you don't even think about when you're up there. Cause we cut half the freaking tree down to get two stands in it. And, um, just this one little thing. And I was like, okay, if he's just going to stand there, cause he literally stood there for three to five minutes and it's a legit three to five minutes on film. And uh, in the sunshine video, like it's fast forwarded, it's sped up and it's still, you know, that long. So I was like, okay, if he's just going to stand there, I can make this shot work at 42. I'm just going to slide an ass cheek over and I'm going to get it, get it done. And um, it was about the time that me and you were talking. I was like, okay, yeah, it's 42. Arranged it, you know, all right, you ready? Okay, here we go. And then, and then he starts, he circles around and starts going to exit the food plot north of the on the north end of the property and um he come out and got 36 yards and i was still good on the range there and um shot him just just didn't make a good shot didn't stop him because he had spooked um when he was 12 yards from us on the scrape and um i i felt like he was just more on edge than he was anything else but he was actually calm i, I just read his body language wrong 
and um, it ended up not stopping him. And at that distance, um, with with a bow, you're gonna you're gonna drift back whichever way that the deer is walking, even if you do aim dead money. So um, picked him up in March, and that was kind of the the story of sunshine there. Yeah, he did. He did duck and turn. Also, you yeah. know, when you're out there close to 40 yards, you have a, a deer that is alert at all. He's gonna duck a lot, a lot more than you think he's going to. And yep. I always aim low. I aimed low on the buck I shot this year, and I still shot him high. Yeah, that's so, what I was talking to Michelle about this week, and I said just zero it in two inches low. I said I don't care if you're shooting a crossbow, a regular bow, whatever. Zero it in two inches low. And even if it's 45 yards, it's still going to be money. So yeah. it's just going to help you. You're I'll not, get, you're yeah. not going to shoot. I've had, him, I've had him not duck at all. And then I've had does, especially does like alert does drop, man. I've had them drop and I've missed them before. Like, wow, that was embarrassing, but it's just something that you gotta, you know, you're not, you're not shooting the fastest bows in the world. You know, oh, you're not yeah. shooting a super high speed crossbow or something, but um you got your other bow buck still right yeah i wasn't gonna touch on him i was gonna touch on this other big eight pointer um oh go ahead yeah go ahead so as i as got cameras out onto a property just kind of been in my transition here to get to where i am today um i want to talk about the first deer that actually wanted to target the second deer actually targeted the first deer was deuce uh but this deer actually um matured into an encounter instead of just um having a shed antler off of him uh so this deer is probably um he was 130 class eight pointer a very big framed deer and we had him on camera consistently about 20 yards off this um big ag, ag source i um, really I really like those pictures of him on that scrape. Yeah. Yeah. They, those are super, super cool pictures. Yeah. And um, this is about 20 yards in off the ag source, and it's on a logging road, so it's a nice path, except they're not really walking on that road. They're they're crossing it north and south, and the logging road is going east and west. And um, he was there, and he was there in daylight, and, um, you know— we, when you just see a deer and there's just like kind of something about him, that's just kind of like what this deer was to me. It's just kind of something about him. And, um, where he was is there's a stand there now, but back then there wasn't, and I wasn't mobile, you know, it was just kind of all preset, um, hang ons or ladder stands, but being wanting to target this deer got me hunting in different areas of the farm, different sides of the farm instead of just, and this is kind of like me, like really starting to break out and try to do, you know, deer hunting thing. And it's amazing. Like when you get cameras that you want to start hunting that type of way. And, um, all of this kind of led up to an encounter on November 8th. Um, I was, I was really deep on the property down in a giant ravine. Um, this is down off of the stand, um, that I ended up calling the buck nest It's about 250 yards from that deeper, um, down in the Creek bed. And this scrape that he was consistently on was to the East. And I'm down in the Creek bed, expecting him to come from the East in the morning. And, um, I think I just caught him in between does on November 8th in the morning because he was by himself. 
I had seen, I'd had two does come in on me earlier in the morning and, um, he come down the hill grunted and that's kind of what got me looking over there. And it was just like a slow motion played out deal. But I mean, in the moment it's like super fast, one of the fastest hunts, but like just him coming down, you could just like see like, Oh shit, that's, that's my deer, you know? And, um, I, I shot him in the shoulder and I wasn't able to recover him, but, um, for it being the second deer that I wanted to target and have actual pictures of and, um, get in, in actually encounter him and get a shot off at 16 yards. Um, that's one of them conversations I was having with myself is if I was getting a new bow or not, and I pushed it off for two years and then right there, it bit me in the ass. Not saying if I would have had the bow I have now that I, it would have been a different outcome, but I would have felt better about it. And, um, yeah, yeah, I just think he was in between those slipping around and, um, it was just, you know, a cool thing to achieve a goal, I guess, to actually encounter a deer that you have on cam instead of just out there chasing yeah. a freaking ghost around. So yeah. encounter a deer, work on a plan and actually, you know, you hit him in the shoulder, everybody hits one in the shoulder eventually mm -hmm. and loses them and. You got all, you did everything right in the last little, you know, mix up, but you beat that deer at it, you know, at his game at, by targeting. And that's, that's what we like to do. Yeah. That's what me and you like to do. We like to, we get really emotionally attached to deer. I feel like if we didn't do that, we would kill more, but we just get emotionally attached to, I don't want the, I just don't want to target. I want the target. Mm -hmm. And it, it also helps when it's a big deer and you get, kind of you're like oh you know how many times we're we gonna be able to hunt this kind of deer blah blah blah, blah you know what i mean but uh that i've actually i had actually forgot about that buck until you yeah. just mentioned that yeah, yeah. That was and uh that's just one that kind of sticks with me not not a kill but um damn near damn near a kill not a scoop. Can't get no closer than not killing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would say not a not a scoop and score in march or anything um a non-lethal hit he he bed down one time, but it, there was nothing, and there was I was following you know dime sized blood for eighty yards, and um, I ended up bumping. I know that you did. Was, you got very very little penetration. Yeah, it was only you about three. Yeah, just enough to cover. They had outserts on my arrows because I was shooting a micro diameter, and um, yeah, just barely got past that brass insert on the uh, tip there. So definitely square in the shoulder and i as soon as i shot i was like ah. didn't like hear the pop or you know the the shoulder blade or anything but it's just yep that one's far forward and um i i seen the arrow in him before he got to the creek and then i seen the arrow i i picked up the arrow about 10 yards after um he jumped the creek and was headed up to the other hillside then that's how i know i got three inches of penetration so yeah um that one, that one bit me. That one bit me for a little bit. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I shot a buck that year. No, that was you're a, pretty tore up. Yeah, you that tried was, to find quite a bit. That was a break. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll cover the last one. Um, November seventh last year, we killed the random buck that I wasn't gonna shoot from the west <laughs> side. <laughs> uh, what did we end up? What did we end up calling him? I end up calling him something. I can't yeah, we remember. did. I don't know. Um, Puffy. Puffy. Oh yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> healthy because we packed them out on a bike. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, this is a deer that we had pictures of um, on the west side. And homie's like, yeah, I probably shoot that deer. And I was like, man, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't score him, but I'm going to say like 120, 125 maybe is what I'm thinking. Uh, but I haven't put a tape to him. Um, he is a 10 pointer. So that helps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No brows though. And absolutely no brows. <laughs> so that's going to hurt him. Worse brows, brows than ghosts. Yeah. But, yeah. We had, uh, we had just encountered Magnum and we moved and this was just a random buck cruising in a pinch, typical November hunt. Um, a solid three-year-old, we had been getting our ass kicked on public and I was ready to kill. I wanted you to be behind the bow, get a lot of action. So I couldn't pass a deer that you would shoot. You know I mean? That's just dumb. You know I mean? When we're out there together, you killed that deer just like I killed that deer. I killed Sunshine just like you killed. You know, I mean, more than you're filming together, it's it's different. You know, what I mean, yeah. Who pulls the trigger doesn't really matter at that point. You still beat that deer. So I know that was the deer that you said you were going to shoot, and I was like, I gotta. I seen that ten point side, and I was like, if he was an eight, wouldn't have happened. But I seen he was a ten. I was like, okay, yep. I'm shooting him. Yep, I'm. I'm the I think exact I said same. I'm shooting before you even seen him. I was yeah. like. But I'm shooting him. <laughs> I was in I my was own little world up there. Down. Yeah. So he came in. Uh, it was like a 25-yard shot, maybe. Mm-hmm. 20, somewhere in there. And he had us pegged and then just turned and gave me it. So I was like, ah, I ain't going to pass this up. And he crashed in 50 yards and did the circle of death. And homie got him going down. And Cody's like, really I needed- still don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we really needed that. That you know, we really needed a kill at that point. So I'm glad we did get one because man, that was we were just down, getting our ass beat, and just too much, too much stress to kill at that point. You know what I mean? So that's also uh, when like the, I mean, obviously it was work to get him out, but like that's when the tiredness really started. We got him out, and we we didn't hunt that evening, but. I mean, holy shit, like the next day, it was just like, oh, okay, all right, we got one down, here we go again, you know? Yeah, I was refreshed after we took that evening off. I felt I felt ready to rip, you know? Maybe it was but, a couple of days, but, well, the day, the day before we killed, the day we seen Magnum, and the day before, which was the day yeah. before we killed, that move. Yeah, that's what, that's what did it. That's what did it. Like the three miles of stands on our backs, making a move and then coming back to where we were because to move 65 yards, (laughs) the wind was crazy. We should have just set up on the crazy wind and just sent it. That's what we got to do this year. We just got to send stuff. Just stop thinking about bumping them. There's other people out there bumping them. We just got to hunt where we think he's going to be, no matter what's going on. When it's November, you know, when we, when we got that time gap, we just got to be there wherever he's at. And if, if we bump him, we bump him, you know what I mean? But we got it. We can't just play the edge anymore. We got to get in the, in the center of that shit and go for it. But, well, I'm sure we have a whole episode of the game plan on that. (laughs) Going, but Well, we, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this. This was kind of like, I said, this isn't all the bucks we've killed for sure, but this is just the, the last, few years and some that stuck out but uh we want to put this out there and let the listeners know that we actually have killed a few deer and got lucky every now and then and been consistently killing together 
in the same tree, which people don't do. You know, we got three kills in the same tree now in two years. That's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty solid, you know. So a lot of people have a hard time killing them, two guys in the same tree and we're getting it done. Killed on public. A lot of people have a hard time doing that. Um, did that together, uh, you know. And this year, I think it's going to be our best year yet. Got a lot of potential. The private should have a lot of shooters on it. We got a good plan of where we need to be. October, we need – yeah, we normally don't hunt that in October very much. We got to pound that in October this year just because it's too good in October. Not, and then we're waiting for late season, and they're not there anyways. So – we're like, oh, we'll wait to November, and then they're not there to hunt. So we got to hunt it hard in October. Yeah. Just make it happen. But like we always say, uh, try to do the right thing. Um, try not to judge a guy on how many deer he's killed or not killed. Um, he could still be out there doing something that you might want to, you know, listen about or might have some tactic that he's doing that is cool or something you want to try. And, uh, Try to do the right thing and leave a legacy, and uh, White the Legacy is out. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.